We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. God called you to walk with people. He called us to help you. Join us for a conversation at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Each week, our goal is to replace a little bit of your overwhelm with more confidence in caring for the people you walk with. Welcome back to the Walking With Podcast with Chris and Beth Bruno. We are wrapping up a series on sabbaticals. Two weeks ago, we talked about how to create a culture of care in your ministry space so that sabbaticals are normal and anticipated. Last week, we talked about the number one thing that you need to be thinking about as you prepare to take a sabbatical, and that is not to limp into it. And this week, we are pulling back the curtain to give you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at our own mini sabbatical that we took last summer. But before we jump into that conversation, I just wanted to tell you again about our new online course designed just for you, whether you are taking a a sabbatical in just a couple of months or you are beginning to think about taking one in three years. It's called The Roadmap to a Restorative Sabbatical. It's one week, seven different modules on how to prepare, how to make sure that while you're away, it's restorative and how to return. We have interviews with various ministry leaders who have already gone before you and the things that they've learned and the things that they've done. We're teaching you all of our best practices and the framework that we've developed on how to make sure you are taking a restorative sabbatical. So go to restorylabs.com forward slash sabbatical to learn more. So Chris, let's jump in and tell our listeners a little bit about our own mini sabbatical last year. Well, we, having been overseas missionaries, Right, we took uh, several in the course of our tenure there. We took several furloughs, and we knew that what we wanted was not a furlough, and that we wanted to actually do something more intentional. And like we've been talking about last couple weeks, more intentional, more spiritual, more uh, stepping away with the intent to restore our own souls. And so uh, we had wanted to do three months which in, in my mind, three months is kind of a minimum for an actual sabbatical. I prefer six to nine months because I think a lot more can happen in that space, but most people really can't do a six to nine month sabbatical. So three months is, is, is a good amount of time and I would say it's a minimum. However, we were not able to do three months. Even We weren't even able to do three months. We had to bring it all the way back to about one month. And that was just because of circumstances, the, the life stage of our kids, some of the other projects that we were working on uh, and experiences that were happening. We needed to bring it back to one month. And so uh, we, we didn't even call it a sabbatical. We called it a mini sabbatical. We kind of came up with that term just so that we could adjust our expectations of what it was going to be for us and also the expectations of our family and the expectations of our kids. I think what was really wonderful 
wonderful about it is that we were testing our framework. We were testing what you have been coaching pastors and full-time ministry workers to do for years, and, and we were really putting it into practice for ourselves to see is this the model of how to take a restorative sabbatical. And so that was actually really powerful for us to see. We did the same framework that you would do in three months. We just truncated it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about and pull the curtain back on a little bit was how did we even make it happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, we uh, had a 19-year-old just turned 19. We had a just turned 16 and a just turned 13-year-old. So um, we're talking about uh, taking time away we actually wanted to get away and go to a different country um, because we knew for ourselves that we're we love travel our children love travel and we wanted to get away and it's just a lot easier to unplug from the everyday life when you're actually out of the country but the reality was that it wasn't just you and me it was five of us that we had to actually figure out how are we going to get you know, plane tickets and hotel reservations and all that kind of stuff in another country. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the first thing that we had to do was our just turning 19-year-old son who's in college, he, he had a only a specific amount of time that he could spend because of summer plans and, and other things that he was doing. We knew that of the four weeks that we were going to be able to get away, that he was only going to be able to give us one out of those four weeks. And so part of our framework involves a a season, a portion of the sabbatical around play. And uh, our son is an extremely playful, joyful, experiential on the Enneagram. He's a seven. And so um, we knew that if there was going to be any one of the weeks that he was going to join us for, it's where we had a lot more intentional play built in. The rest of the time we still played, uh, but our other two kids are able to actually sit in a cafe and read and uh, and write and do some of the, the more quiet kinds of activities. And so we knew that if we invited him to those weeks where we were doing that, he was not going to have a good time and neither were we. So we really planned the time for him to join us only for one of the four weeks. And it was that specific week that we invited him into. That was a big win considering the personalities of each of us, each of um, our kids and both of us, and also considering just the realities of their lives. And that's actually one of the parts that we have in the course is kind of a a worksheet uh, trying to help you work through as a family or even as a single person, the community members that you are planning on including in your sabbatical time, whether you are visiting with them or they are traveling with you to really think through who are the different personalities that are involved, what do they each need, and how do we make a plan so that it's restorative on some level for all of us. So I would say that actually doing that was a big win for for our sabbatical. Right. Financially, you mentioned, how do we make this happen? And um, for us overseas is, I think, because we lived overseas, getting into a different culture and, and language will always be rejuvenating for us specifically so that was important to make that happen and we are very intentional in how we save and how we work the travel world (laughs) so whether that is um, borrowing hotel points or um, timeshare points from family members which we thankfully can do uh, whether that is working the whole credit card 
um, method so that you can accrue airline miles, which we did, um, and then also working our networks. And so um, part of our time was through family members' timeshare. We flew for on airline miles thanks to our credit card. And then the last portion of time um, through our networks, through a friend of a friend, we discovered um, an entire free um, home which was actually in a 12th century uh, French manor. It was beautiful. It was beautiful and just glorious. And it was basically free to us um, Mm -hmm. for people in ministry. And that was just through through working our networks. And so we ended up being able to afford a month um, overseas. And it it did so much for our soul. And so um, working all of the different ways to make whatever you're dreaming about financially feasible um, is something that we really encourage. One of the things that you forgot to mention too is that we uh, planned on uh, airbnb or VRBOing, renting out our house while we were gone. And we did it a couple of other times during the year so that, um, and it was kind of inconvenient to be honest, uh, because we had to get out of our house and it's not like we have another house to go to, um, right? We had to find ways to stay with people or we Airbnb'd something smaller than us and, you know, whatever. It just, it was a lot of moving parts and trying to get it to work. But what we did was rent it at our house and then saved that money that we earned from the rental in order to then afford other things like, you know, food and uh, some of the other kinds of things along the way. I think we could do an entire series on how (laughs) to to financially (laughs) hustle as a person in ministry. And so I know you get it, listeners. I know that you who are following us and are in ministry, you get the hustle financially to to make things happen. And so often we are actually blessed with incredible things, right? People gift us things or we have to attend conferences that are in beautiful places. There are lots of perks to being in in full-time ministry. And yet, at the same time, we live within our means and we live on a budget. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to um, respond to what God might be moving in you and, and thinking through how to do that creatively and make it happen um, is something that we've become really good at and yeah. we should probably do a whole series on. We probably should. I think the, the, the piece to that too is if, if we truly believe that God is about the Sabbath, then we also have to believe that he will provide for the Sabbath. And that is part of that suspension of reality that I talked about a couple of weeks ago in in the sense of um, most people who look at something like that, who would look at our four weeks away, our little mini sabbatical is quite extravagant and go, there's no way. There's no way that I could hope for that. I need to just settle for something smaller or, or whatever, rather than stepping into, all right, I'm going to start to make some plans and hold out hope and faith and do some work in order to create the means and, and like you said, hustle and, and work the system. But at the same time, too many people just shut down the dream before it even has a moment to live. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we'd really encourage people to do is, all right, what would actually delight your soul? What would actually be the place and the time and the the ways and the people and the locations that would delight your soul? And then let's move into faith in with faith into going after those kinds of things because it it is amazing to see how God provides for for you when you actually step out onto that water. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, at the same time, it was wonderful. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, we were we found a way to financially make it happen. We also did a bunch of the work uh, ahead of time that we talked about last 
uh, time to prepare our team and to, you know, be transparent about what was going on and why we were doing it and what we were hoping for and all of that. And at the same time, we kind of messed a few things up. Well, I think we prepared everyone except ourselves. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. We prepared clients and family members and our kids. And yet we, you and I, were at the airport (laughs) in New Jersey about to head east And I was typing out a final email to my agent and hitting send on a big project. And you were on the phone in the corner um, of the airport hiring someone else for a restoration project. And I hit send and you hang up the phone and we go bored. And so down to the last minute, we were still crunching to try and truly churn off as soon as we got onto that plane. So in terms of all of the advice we gave last week about don't limp into your sabbatical, um, we did not do that We messed that one up. We messed that one up. Yeah. And I think it took a while as a result to really sink into the restorative space that we we're trying to do achieve through our framework mm-hmm. um, of what we do during a sabbatical time. So I think that actually took longer, and it it probably robbed us of of some of that rejuvenation for our souls because we were so fried by the time we got on that plane. Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake, and we should have done a better job of preparing to go for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I am glad that. We did. You did hit send on that book proposal, and I did make the phone call before we left and got on the plane, and that wasn't lingering over us while we were gone, and that we fully got on that plane and left. I think that was good. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, it was a quite a bit of like hurry, 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 get on the plane, finish these things, and then and mm-hmm. then go. So we could have done a better job for mm-hmm. sure. Yes, I think another thing was um, was helpful for us was, uh, we already mentioned a little bit with the nature of our kids, was to invite them into the process as well and let them know what is our framework? What are we doing here? What are the expectations that we're hoping, you know, having for this time away? And um, what is it that we are doing every day? Because some of us are pretty go-getters and we like to get up and go. And some of us really like to linger. Uh, And so to have a, a good planned out rhythm of what it was like every day so that it wasn't always on the go or always just kind of sitting in a cafe reading, there was a good process that we that we put in place, um, and to have our son there that first week was really a, a good thing. It was a bonding time for our family uh, and all that. But then also the other days that we were uh, just without him and just the the four of us and our two girl, the two of us and our two girls, um, to establish a rhythm with them as well. I think they they longed for more as well, and um, so here we were at the end of our four weeks, and uh, kind of recognized we finally did get to some restorative space. Uh, at one point, you said to me, "You're like, I think we've had all the conversations we've needed to have. Not that we were done talking with each other or fed up with each other, but it was like all the things that we had stored up for. You know, we need to pray through this, or think through this, or talk through this." Um, it did feel like we we got to that, and I don't think it would have happened if we had not followed some of our own frameworks of 
uh, of what a sabbatical should look like. Yes, but I will say, so all of that for us, like I said, was truncated. We did it all within four weeks. We knew we only had four weeks and we didn't know what fully to expect. um, What would we be like by week four? And I think now thinking, realizing how much we learned about how, um, how we were, I would have wanted to be flexible with how we shaped month two and month three. Right. So, you know, I think we coach a lot of people in planning these three or six month sabbaticals. And on some level, we need to plan, we need to really talk through what we want that to look like. And yet on another level, to hold loosely how it might evolve based on what we're discovering about the state of our own soul. Um, and and where we are after four weeks and where we are after eight weeks and and what God really wants to do next. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a surprise for each individual person um, that this is something so unusual and so rare to take this amount of time, not just to go play every day and, and vacation every day and read fun fiction books, right? But like really get into some space of, of listening and, and reflecting. That's unusual. And so who are we yeah. when we get to those spaces? We don't always know. Mm-hmm. And we might be really surprised. And so to hold loosely to the shape of the next portion, yeah. I think would have been important for us. Yeah, and I like to think of it as a little bit more of like a nautical map than a physical roadmap even, that we're headed, we have a bearing, we have a direction of where we're going versus every every turn and every milestone that's all planned out. If you're not flexible, right, you're, you're not gonna be attentive to what God wants to do right. in you. Right. Which is why I love, again, in our roadmap to a restorative sabbatical, we are not coaching you to to develop this really um, specific, um, it looks this one way kind of sabbatical where everything is planned out. We're not, you're not going to walk away with this like super highly detailed calendared out plan. We are helping you get to those spaces in your heart and your soul where God can really begin to speak and work. And it's a posture of how to take a restorative sabbatical that we really want to help you think more about. And I just want to come back to like, why are we talking about sabbatical on the Walking With podcast? Mm-hmm. And this is because those of us that walk with others need to take time to walk with ourselves and allow for God to also walk with us. And, it, and coming back to the idea of remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy is this invitation for us ourselves to remember our own humanity, remember our own need to be reoriented to the Lord and, uh, and, and help our ministries and teams and people that we're walking with also remember to reorient themselves mm-hmm. to the Lord. It's far too often we get into uh, kind of a, if I dare say, kind of a narcissistic stance sometimes in ministry that no one else can do this work but me. And uh, God actually needs me to make sure this thing happens. And if I step out, then everything will crumble. I think that is um, 
is part of why God created the Sabbath is to make sure that we are in reliance upon him instead of fully uh, relying on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if uh, we're, we're talking about this and we've created this course because we want to help people who are in ministry to stay in ministry and to continue walking with others well. And if we are not walking with ourselves and walking with the Lord, we will not walk with others well, mm -hmm. which is why it's such an important part and why we're spending this whole series talking about sabbaticals because it is vital for us to make sure our mental health, our spiritual health, our relational health, our physical health is uh, being attended to on behalf of others. Mm -hmm. Right. So we hope that that's helpful. We hope that this series has been helpful, whether or not you're you're on your way, a couple months down the road, you're going to be taking your first sabbatical, your own sabbatical, or whether you're years out. Uh, we hope that this is helpful for all of you who are in ministry and really serving on the front lines of walking with others. Uh, as a reminder, check out restorylabs.com forward slash sabbatical to learn more about that course. And join us next week, same time, same place.